0: Hi, I'm Jake Parker with the What's Your Story podcast. Here I talk with my guests about their life experiences as well as current and long-term goals and what gets them through the ups and downs. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, and if you don't already, follow my Instagram account, at jparkerfitlife for actionable tips daily to live a healthier lifestyle and for access to my YouTube and blog. Enjoy the show. Hi, guys. This is Jake Parker with the What's Your Story podcast. My guest today is Johnny Zubak. Uh, he is the co-host of the Art of Charm podcast based out of LA and also uh, spends a lot of time with his band, The Claws, in LA. So I'll let him go ahead and give a little bit of introduction on his end.
1: Well, thank you very much, Jake, and uh, happy to be here. And for those of you guys who are just tuning in, I am visiting my mom in Florida. So I'm a little discombobulated. I have, it's say it's a... Uh, it's a trying hair day on top of that. Um, I don't have my products. <laughs> and uh, so we're just trying to make do, but uh, I am enjoying the weather and, and running on the beach out here. So I'm really excited to be here. Um, yes. And uh, so to, to go on about myself, uh, if, you, if you are fans of the show or don't know about it, uh, we've been doing the Art of Charm for, I guess, uh, rolling into 12 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had been there from the beginning. It was, it was a joining of forces. AJ and Jordan were doing the podcast, and at the, and the, I was working in self development as a lecturer and and teacher and educator. And uh, we decided 12 years ago to join forces and put together the Art of Chime. And so AJ and I are now the sole proprietors, co-founders, co-hosts, uh, and everything that we do there. And I also have my background is I worked in entertainment uh, up until that point, whether it be behind the bar at music venues or on the road with my own bands. Um, and I, my journey into self-development, basically the record industry, music business, what I wanted to be a part of Basically collapsing and then changing its identity. And I grew up in a music industry that that we had these icons and these musicians of of Bowie and the Stones and Thin Lizzy, just like all these iconic artists. I grew up in that. My dad was a musician. There was always records in the house. Uh, but coming into the 2000s, that industry that I wanted to be a part of, well, it didn't exist anymore at least in the image that i grew up wanting to be a part of which led me to a crossroads of what am i going to do now and you and think about this as as a thought of a a thought experiment Mm -hmm. my larger in life point and what i what i subscribed to and threw all of my energy into was was music and that idea of the, the record industry and being on the road and writing and playing and having that, at least in the, in the, the way I knew it, being taken from me, uh, it left a large void in the what the hell am I going to do with the rest of my life? And I was just getting into my late 20s, early 30s of just wondering, like, what, what do I do now? And it was very easy at that point. To go any direction, um, so I I chose self development as an opportunity to rediscover myself and hopefully rediscover some passions. Uh, just take myself completely out of music, focus it, my energies and efforts inward, and lo and behold, I discovered that well, that was just as exciting and interesting and, and uh, obsessive to me as as music mm-hmm. and so i just went, i decided well this allows me to feel good this has been a lot of fun i'm going to throw myself into this 100 and follow this road and I'll, and I'm, for a lot of people who know me or deal with me on a regular basis like aj knows that i can tend to be kind of brash when it comes to decision-making. I, I don't analyze things to death. Um, I choose the path and I throw myself into it. And a motto that I use, and I've said it on the podcast before is, a lot of times there is no right or wrong decisions. You've done all the work there's no clear path in to what you want to do. And in order to get through that, keep yourself from, the, from getting bogged down, it's there are no right or wrong decisions, only decisions you make right. And I live that way for better or for worse. It uh, mm-hmm. led me into that. Led, that's led me into some great decisions and some bad decisions. But um, it allowed me to throw myself into self development and make that decision, the thing that I wanted to do. And so I put all of my efforts into that. And you know, twelve years down the road of making that decision, here I am as co-founder and co-host of the Art of Charm podcast, which. Um, for those who know AJ and I just had a meeting with a leading podcast agency and they're like, I don't know if you guys know this, but your household names and we looked at each other and started laughing um, because we don't see it in that manner. You know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts about, so Mm -hmm. Rogan, Harris, Willink, Mm -hmm. Peterson. There's a lot of, of podcasts that I like. And this, you know, when you look at Joe Rogan, I mean, he's, he gets millions of listens per episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're at dropping a bucket to that. However, comparatively, but I guess in the grand scheme of things, we're a pretty popular podcast, which is really rad. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking to get better and we're looking to bring more people in. I think and where we're at right now with the insanity of, I don't know, maybe it's just me getting older, but the insanity that's all around me politically, Mm -hmm. Socially, I think we need self-development more than ever.
0: Yeah, Um, I think it's very easy if you don't have some focus on self-development, improving yourself, it's very easy to get caught up in the waves of society as far as like, you know, things in the news and stuff of that nature. And then in addition to that, just being sucked into social media and being a victim of comparison and things like that. There's just so much things drawn for your attention in the world today. You have to make sure you focus some of your attention Um, on on yourself
1: yeah i think it's important to be grounded and self-development will certainly do that because it's Mm -hmm. too easy to be thrown into any direction and you know i'm in the middle of reading a book by warren farrell right now called the boy crisis and he's laying out a lot of important arguments of purpose and meaning Mm -hmm. and uh we're living in the in a world that with technology has certainly uh redirected what meaning and purpose is for today's younger generation Mm -hmm. um i found myself in the middle of it of having to find that in my later 20s and luckily self-development was it for me but i think there's a i see young kids on our programs all the time who are struggling to find that and and uh I think self development can ground you until that, until you find that at least, mm-hmm. at least keep you centered because it's it's too easy to go down the wrong path.
0: Yeah. So as someone, obviously, I think anyone could tell from a short conversation with you that you were very passionate about music and still are, and are very passionate about self development. And so, uh, being able to make those two passions a big part of of your life and your career, what what would you say to someone who maybe is struggling and is in that stage where they're like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what my passion is. You know, you're so passionate. What advice would you give me?
1: You know, it's depending on, on age, but for Mm -hmm. young guys in their twenties, throw yourself into everything you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, Being in your twenties is a time for discovery. And, You're only going to find what those passions are by throwing yourself into them wholeheartedly and finding out if if they really are for you or not. And surrounding yourself with people who are also interested in discovery so that you can compare notes and get excited about things together. I think there is also a wave of irony and too cool for school Mm -hmm. to where if you show any enthusiasm people make fun of you mm-hmm. and that's that, once again that's too easy in social media to get caught up in that mm-hmm. and had i listened to those people or got caught up i would have played safe middle of the road and not tried to do anything unique or interesting to myself as well and and we got to shed those chains um i i think that's very important i think it was it was, it was Schopenhauer in discovery of, of passions and interests. you have to be able to, to disconnect yourself mm-hmm. from, from influence of those around you. And the other thing about it is understanding that human beings are herd animals.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And as a herd animal, you have to be able to submit yourself to the betterment of the herd. Mm-hmm. Which means if you do anything that strikes you outside of the herd, well, then, of course, the other herd animals are going to try to whack you into place. So just in our nature in and it itself, it's not their fault. It's their program to do it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to separate yourself from the pack if you want to build anything for yourself. and invigorate yourself with any sort of passions ideas and meaning um that meaning needs to come from your passions it shouldn't be with the, the whole of the group that says it okay for you
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and that's a difficult thing
0: yeah. um i wonder if you've heard the you keep you you maybe think of this teddy roosevelt quote where i think he says in any moment of decision the best thing you could do is the right choice. The second best thing you could do is the wrong choice. And the worst thing you could do is nothing. That's what I keep thinking of when you say all this, because it's like, just try things and fire away, especially younger people my age. It's like, I mean, if you screw up now, at least you know what doesn't work and what you don't enjoy.
1: Absolutely. And the only way you're going to find out what you want to do is having a long sheet of things that you don't want to do. You don't get old and wise without being young and crazy. At mm. least that's what I've heard, and I've subscribed to that. That made a lot of my trial and error in my life have a purpose and a reason mm-hmm. um, but and you know Theodore Roosevelt and what a great american yahoo yeah. and uh
0: he did it all
1: yeah he he's an amazing guy, and um history on fire and Dan Carlin's hardcore history both did some great stories on him mm-hmm. that I just love, and now that guy could never. It, he would be, if he rolled into civilization now, he would be turning mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Different time, different place. But that mm-hmm. same, oh man, energy and passion for life, uh, he certainly lived. And uh that's what makes him great. And he didn't give a shit. He just said some loud shit that pissed mm-hmm. off a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I, I love it. And but
0: it stuck too. You know, being
1: absolutely and being so wrapped up in rock and roll and punk rock and music i've always liked subversive people and ideas and and i and, I, and it's still and i and i still today and the minute i hear don't listen to this guy i'm like why what he's saying and i'm mm-hmm. going over to youtube to listen to everything he said mm-hmm. just so i can understand why I'm not allowed to listen to this person? I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a hurt animal. I don't want you to tell me what I can and can't do. You know, it, it's funny uh, my relationship with AJ because we're obviously we're we're obviously so different, mm-hmm. but yet I've been able to get along in a working and 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 platonic friendship for twelve years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's the res- this respect we have for each other's uniqueness and, and unwillingness to surrender to everyone else's wishes. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. So my, my next question here is thinking about yourself in the context of I know you grew up in a small town, uh, Greensburg, uh, Pennsylvania, close to Pittsburgh. And from the, That's con- where I grew up, yes. It's a, it's a place that seems like people, a lot of people just kind of grow up and stay there the whole lives and probably sort of closed-minded um, um, culture there. And so how were you able to break free and kind of open up your mind so much and be open to so many new experiences growing up in that environment?
1: That's, that's an easy one. I, you know, I, so my dad played music and it, music and rock and roll had a very early imprint on my on my brain uh, you know my as you're a child you're always watching them what your father was doing and he would always go downstairs to play in the band and they used to rehearse in my house and so it was very easy to want to to want to do that and then and then when mtv came along and they actually played music and they actually played rock and roll mm-hmm. it's, you know when you're 11 and 12 years old, and you're already excited about rock and roll, and now you're seeing a, a, a visual representation and an idea of that through television. Uh, I wanted to be a part of that more than anything. And my dad always told me that if I wanted to have a career in music, that I would have to leave Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this was well before the internet, and you had to have to go where things were happening. And then at that time for MTV, it was, you know, everything was about the Sunset Strip and all these bands in California. And and, uh, so I was gunning to get out of there from day one because I wanted to have a career in music. And that drove me to escape. And, you know, it was interesting because I had a lot of friends who listened to music and things Uh, We would go to concerts and stuff, but they just didn't have the will to escape as much as as I do, as I did. And what's interesting about that is because it it was a very small town, 13,000 people, I didn't know a lot of people who have escaped. Mm -hmm. So the idea, when you grow up in a small town, it can almost seem as if that is near impossible. Yeah. Uh, And that. And in order to escape, you would have to reach escape velocity so that that gravitational pull doesn't suck you back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had the opportunity at twenty one to move to North Carolina, to Chapel Hill, where at that time in the nineties there was a, there was a, all this talk about the budding college music scene and the and the Southeast and. When I had that opportunity, I was listening to bands from there, like the Flat Duo Jets or Southern Culture and the Skids or Super Chunk, Whiskey Town. Mm-hmm. And so I I was moving to a town where not only music was happening, I was listening to all this stuff. So that's what propelled me to be able to, to escape. Um, I was told every day that I didn't have what it would take to make it out there. I was, I was never going to get out of there. And, you know, when, when I grew up, the the rule was, uh, you never, no one gets out of here alive. And if you, mm-hmm. and, if, and we all knew that if we stayed there, we would become old fast. Mm-hmm. That was like, as a, as a, as in late teens, early twenties, you're like, well, I got to get out of here. We live in an age where you can extend your, your youth for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's been taken to a unhealthy degree at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, that's debatable. That's interesting. I, th- I think everyone should have the opportunity to, to extend their youthful enthusiasm to, to discover and, and, and passions throughout adulthood. Yeah. I just, I think. If it's stunting you developing and maturing, I think that's where the problem is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you, that you make those comments about your town because I grew up in a pretty small town too, about 24,000 people. And I really value the experience of growing up there because of the fact that people were so rooted in their principles and values. That's what I really liked about it. But at the same time, it was hard to be exposed to new ideas and opportunities because people do get pretty set in their ways. And they kind of just – like you say, uh, you, you kind of stick around the town and you get you know, used to a certain lifestyle and a certain way of speaking and certain groups and stuff like that. And so it's not really conducive to big new ideas.
1: Yeah, and it was – my dad did his best to keep me from constantly daydreaming about leaving. Mm-hmm. And I would – daydream about leaving and starting a music career and traveling the world. And he would say things like, you know, don't waste your time everywhere. is like, just like here, it's no different. You know, and that's a difficult thing to say and believe when, uh, you know, you're staring at a television that's showing palm trees and girls in bikinis. You're like, I don't know. It doesn't look the same as where <laughs> right now. And he was only... He was doing his best to try to get me to focus on the here and now. You know, he wasn't trying to squash my dreams. Uh, I was a very daydreamy kid. So he did his best to try to get me to focus. And I certainly wasn't able to do that. I saw high school as a almost like a prison. that mm-hmm. I had to just, I just had to do my time, so to speak, until I was allowed to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs>
0: But um, how did how did you initially get into wanting to coach? I believe that I've heard you say before that you it started kind of helping friends around the bar that you worked at and stuff like that. And did it just kind of progress from there? Is that essentially what happened?
1: Yeah, I think much like anything else, I just I wanted to the, the idea of being at my best was so amazing to me and had learning all these self-development tactics and ideas that actually would i can see my progress getting better every day it was like mind-blowing so the other thing that you you realize is that other people are not interested in seeing you progress or being your best and they they want you to be the stay the same Mm -hmm. Um, so i had to cut those people loose and i only wanted to surround myself with with people who are interested in self-development and that lends itself to 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 helping other people around you because you you then you're just like okay girl. and now that i'm surrounded with all this all these people um let's now try to encourage and support each other in being our best yeah. well that lends itself to coaching and um and i i really enjoy that i want to see people live their best i want to help people break their chains um, and. And some of my tactics in order to do that may not be the softest. It's it's well worth it when you can get through to people. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Art of Charm programs, I've taken some heat every once in a while because some of the guys will say that I can be testy. And it's, you know, depending on how you grew up. If you grew up like a, with a father like mine, I don't wouldn't see my my tactics as testy. I can see them as passionate and want to see breakthroughs. Mm -hmm. If you hadn't grown up in those conditions, yeah, you might say, wow, this guy's on my case right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, you know, that's, you know, I always start off our programs by saying I have a job to do and I intend to do it and I intend to do it at the best of my abilities. Mm -hmm. So if you feel that I am picking on you or, or digging in and, and you're a, and you f- feel that I'm picking on you, please, you know, raise your hand, pull me aside. Uh, let's talk because I, I can assure you that is not my intent. My intent is to get results. Kind of And I will get those, I will get those results. However I can. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if you want to come to AOC and sit there, passively consuming the content, i I mean, you could do that as well. I'll stop picking on you, but that's, Mm -hmm. I would hope that's not why you came. You can do that by listening to the podcast.
0: Yeah. It kind of sounds like, and it reminds me of like all the stories you hear, you know, the star, the biggest star athlete on the team, the coach is going to be the hardest on them because you see the potential in that. And hopefully people can sort of break past the initial feelings of, you know, feeling nervous or inadequate about being called out and realize that, you know, you really truly do care about helping people and that's just your way of going about it.
1: Yeah. And the other thing is, I, you know, when I say that and everyone's thinking, oh, wow, this guy's calling everyone out. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't do any of that. I do it in a very uh, fun manner and very Socratic, Socratically. But, um, you know, depending on how you grew up, some people can, can confuse that as picking on them. I mean, you know, I was, I mentioned the boy crisis and Rough and tumble play as a young man is very important to your development. And if you haven't had that, well, that's going to leave you confused and not as as knowledgeable in social interactions. And that lends itself to when people are trying to work with you to feel uh, defensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's but that's never the case, you know.
0: So, Johnny, um, something that strikes me as being 23 years old, and obviously I'm around a lot of people my age, uh, which is fortunate in a lot of ways, but something that I observe is that it seems like it's very hard for people my age, and especially men my age, to be vulnerable and open. Uh, Why do you think that is, and what are some ways that you think men can go about that, combating that?
1: So, for generations, it was best that you repress your emotions mm-hmm. in fact i lived in a household like that i lived in a very blue collar household my i grew up my dad worked in a factory and when you work in a factory you repress vulnerability you need to show up without complaining and do your job and be a man and that was that was how you went about getting things done we don't live in that reality anymore those jobs are Quickly disappearing, so mm-hmm. that sort of mindset is not advantageous anymore in fact it can it can hold you back. Um, however we're, we're still telling our young men that they need to do that. I think as we move forward um, We're going to need more and more ideas and work on developing our emotional intelligence Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: health intelligence in order to move forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when I say health intelligence, I mean understanding what it is to be healthy, emotionally, physically, and mentally. Mm -hmm. And, of course, emotional intelligence is your EQ, which is certainly what we do at The Art of Charm. Those skills are are going to be more important as we move forward because those jobs that you would have to repress and just grow in and grind it out are disappearing. And automation and AI are going to continue to take those jobs. Um, And in the wake of AI and automation taking those jobs, the jobs that are going to be created – In return, I don't know how many or I don't know what the state is going to be, but it's going to be personable because those are what machines cannot do and never do. And so in order for us to be able to maneuver in this new world, we're going to have to develop um, resiliency. We're going to have to develop uh, uh, vulnerability. We're going to have to be able to express empathy in order to relate. To others in a better way. Um, and because that's what's going to be important as we move forward. To answer your question, I was mentioning that for generations we've been told one way. Yeah. We haven't put those things into place yet. Yeah. Um, right now, um, um, men are being left, young men are being left in the dust because we're still telling them to get over it and move mm-hmm. forward. It's like, get over what? And I don't say men and women because. Women are are have uh, have been building these skills and using these skills in in those
0: professions,
1: mm-hmm. and they are highly represented in those professions. Um, men have to catch up.
0: Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of, I like to learn about the amygdala, what people call the lizard brain, that part of the brain that's responsible yeah. for fear and emotion. And you always, I think it's fascinating to think about how that ties back to, we literally have parts of our brain that are still partly wired for, you know, the times where we woke up every day and had to face life or death. And now we're waking up in, yeah. in the in the age we are in now. and. Very, very rarely, if ever in your life, are you going to come in contact with life or death? The decisions you make, bad or good, uh, you're usually still going to have a roof over your head for the most part and food on the table. And, you know, I think that realizing that and realizing where that sense of fear comes from initially is one of the big ways to get over uh, that sense of fear around being vulnerable and opening up to others.
1: We don't really have the answer, because we don't really know what things are going to look like 20 years down the road. They're moving so fast. Mm-hmm. and, But men are still going to need to be men, but mm-hmm. they're going to also have to adopt more skills, because the old skills that we focused on just not going to do it anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about how the art of charm uh, initially changed from what well, the, the initial focus was on dating more or less. How did you um, start to make the transition towards a more um, wholesome approach to conversation and social skills and well-being? And why initially did you go after that dating niche?
1: It's interesting. Well, during that time uh, in the mid-2000s, uh, the, the, the pickup scene or community uh, was, was rather large on the internet. Now, I had gotten involved in it because, well, what a fascinating topic. I was uh, early, I was 30, 31 when, when the game came out and, and and this movement. It was like, what an interesting topic, mm-hmm. which lends itself. Then you start to learn that, that you're going to have to develop yourself. Um, for me, it was always about. To meet, to meet women, it was a status thing, which it's still always going to be you want to build status. I saw a lot of horrible ideas in the pickup community that I was trying to counter because as somebody who worked in a bar uh, and, and, and in nightlife for, for a decade at that point, I was like, these rules are, are useless. Um, there's a better way about going about this. So it was it was our attempt to try to give a bit of a different look than what was given in the pickup community, with the hopes that the intelligent people in there or the guys who are looking for good advice will will realize good from bad and and find us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, and that happened and. As we continue to grow, we continue to focus more on self-development than all those silly gambits or whatnot. And in fact, we haven't even really talked hardcore about dating in years, but we're looking to change that because, you know, it's funny. We're talking about how do we, should we have a conversation about dating in the Me Too era? Mm-hmm. And I, and we think we should. Um, and it's, I was laughing cause it's like we haven't really talked about dating in a while and I'm 45, mm-hmm. how I go about and single, how I go about dating is, it, I think it's because we haven't talked about it in a very long time. I think it's going to be an interesting subject. So mm-hmm. I believe if I'm not mistaken, the month of May, as you notice, we do monthly themes is going to be dating modern dating which it's almost as if we had taken a break from it and are now back in the field. <laughs> so we're learning a lot as well. Um, I did a rant about dating apps yeah, a couple yeah. months ago. Um, and uh, so we're looking forward to it, but that's, that's how we got from, from there to here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another thing I wanted to ask you about. It's, it's interesting to me how dating uh, more than just about anything is subject to the changes in society and especially now the technological changes. So I know you talk a lot about dating apps. Uh, what's your current stance on those as far as, you know, I know they can be helpful, but at the same time, they can conjure up a lot of negative emotions too with the way, with the way that they're formatted.
1: You know, dating is a, dating is a full contact sport. Mm-hmm and and what i mean by that is if you enter into the game into into dating then you're you're going to take on some damage and you're going to and you're going to inflict some damage on other people we have a lot of emotions and things going on and we want to do it as to the best of our abilities of being a high value people but it's a it's a it's a messy part of life Mm -hmm. Um, and dating apps like anything else should be used as a tool to, to help and supplement some dating, but you shouldn't get sucked in. And obviously if you can get a good profile together and you can gain some interest, that interest, if you live in a city like I do in Los Angeles, Chicago or New York, or it's never ending wow. of options. You know, I'm 45 and I get a never ending of options yeah. and it's, I, I, it's it's. You have to take that into into account, and that's something that we'll be discussing uh, as we uh, as we move into that month. Um, I think you have to be smart about it. You should be high value about it, Mm -hmm. and take and take an account that this. You know, if you play around, you're going to be end up hurting some people. You're going to end up getting some damage on yourself. And the damage you take on through dating, a lot of that just sticks with you for, for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you, and because of that, you need to be careful uh, on for yourself and those who you date. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if you go through history and you read about your heroes, mm-hmm. You know, you you, you learned that a lot of have some crazy fetishes or, or womanizers or you know, like it. It has dating much like you. It's a something that you have to dabble in, but has its dark roads that you can easily get consumed by like anything else, like fame. Well, you work really hard because you want status, but all of a sudden, you take a few wrong turns and now fame becomes the thing you chase most in life. And your, your other things that your core values go out the window for fame or with money, it's all the same. So once again, I think it's important that self-development keeps you centered. So that, that damage that you inflict and get inflicted with is, Mitigate it to at least as possible. I right?
2: and it's
1: like there's that old trope like um, leave them better than you found them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I'm sorry, but that's just that is impossible. Yeah, <laughs> right. I like that's how you, how is that even possible? So you, you go in and hope that no one gets too banged up.
0: Mm -hmm. So the other question that that brings up is, do you think that uh, it's harder in this day and age to date within your social circle and meet potential partners in, you know, social situations and through friends and things like that? Or is that more of just a perception based on how sucked in we can get to technology? That's
1: a very good question. Because I've dated within my circle and I've, I've dated outside of it. I just think there's it's too difficult anymore to date within your social circle when everybody uh is is when you're everyone's drama Mm -hmm. right like Mm -hmm. think about i was thinking about this the other day that there are people that i follow on facebook that i don't interact with yeah that i just just to see what the hell insanity they're getting themselves into now
0: yeah i think and you talk about the different social dynamics too. It's hard to remember that as human beings, we need physical one-on-one face-to-face interaction with other people, and that you know, it's even though we have so much social media directly at our fingertips, it's really not a substitute for real social interaction. No, not at all. Um, and and that it needs to be face
1: to face even what you and i are doing right now yeah. we cannot pick up all the um the small the micro expressions that mm-hmm. are going on they're 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 being covered up uh that's extremely important uh we need to see those things uh, yeah as, as And this is a little bit closer than us writing corresponding emails, but it still doesn't make up for the fact of having a pint, sitting in a bar, chatting with each other. Nothing's going to beat
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So going off that, uh, just a couple more questions here. Um, Speaking about social situations and the different career paths and aspirations you have, uh, what is your stance on mentors? Do you have a strong mentor in your life and how important do you think that is for forging the path that, that, uh, an individual wants to take?
1: At the moment, I don't have anyone that I can consider a mentor. Uh, however, probably AJ comes the closest to that because I certainly learn a lot from him. Uh, and I'm guessing, uh, that's mutual. Um, but as somebody who's older than me that I, that I would think of in those terms, uh, no one comes to mind. However, I'm fascinated and, and I spend most of my time reading and listening uh, and any capacity of, of learning. Um, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to finding somebody in that manner. Mm-hmm. You know, I consider myself a bit of a, a weirdo <laughs> so I think that makes it a little bit difficult for myself to to find somebody but um, I think it's important that everyone has people that they look up to that they can strive to be and that they can learn from yeah. um, and you know I, what's interesting with all the technology we have I guess I, there's multiple people that I can look to in those terms like for instance, I'm sure Sam Harris in certain manners, Jordan Peterson in certain manners, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Rogan in certain manners, David Goggins in certain manners. I'm sure I've collected things from all these people that that allow me to strive to be my best. Um, yep. I, I certainly know that that they influence how I, I work out and think and go about my day so yeah perhaps those those guys are Um, unwilling mentors
0: (laughs) I think that it's so common uh, in the air we live in to kind of bash the internet and social media for the harmful things it does but just like speaking to your point uh, we're so fortunate to have the internet because we have access to all these individuals and the things they have to say and the things they have to write uh, in, a, in a capacity that we've never had in the course of human history up to this point. So, you know, you just have to remember to try to use the internet for your advantage and not to your detriment, I think. That's one of the tough things.
1: Yeah, and I, I remember in 2000, for me, getting involved with the internet, I was a little late mm-hmm. comparatively to some of my other friends who were already like, you know, I remember hearing about Friendster and MySpace and, and and I was like, I don't understand, why would you guys spend so much time on these things? Um, only to get sucked in later. But I, I just remember realizing that now I have an, an instrument that is connected to all the world's knowledge. And I remember thinking like, I should be learning. I can learn about anything that i want mm-hmm. and so th- that's totally changed the way i i view the internet so mm-hmm. now for me yes it's a tool of connection but it's also a, a tool of non-stop learning about anything that i want and i mm-hmm. and i find that fascinating and i spend a lot of my time on some bizarro rabbit holes just mm-hmm. digging for information
0: and research all right so about at a time here. Uh, I have one last question that I like to ask everybody on here. Uh, so it's kind of a hypothetical, get a little bit philosophical with it. Uh, so when you look years and years down the road and think about a time when you're old and gray and getting to reflect on your life, uh, what is the story of your life going to be? What sort of story do you want to tell people? And what do you hope that others see your story as being?
1: wow well that's a that's a major question mm-hmm. um you know it's funny i can you can answer that in so many different ways i guess um
0: i think one of the inter- interesting things about the question is like you know you probably wouldn't have answered it the same a year ago and you wouldn't answer it the same a year from now you know it's always changing
1: yeah um, i i think most importantly i want to. I want to feel fulfilled
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and and so I would hate to get to that age and think that I didn't go at it hard enough
2: mm-hmm. so um,
1: and I think that fuels a lot of what I do now um, so if I reach that age and that, at that point and I feel fulfilled then I think I could look back on a legacy and 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 not only that but as a as the the art of charm is something that was bigger than than any of us that it was something that that we created that lots of people jumped on in order to center themselves work through life with and be a part of and and in when they didn't feel fulfilled or good, like they didn't, they were, when they felt that there was something missing in just being a regular herd animal.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Johnny, for coming on the show today. That was extremely informative, and I think you gave a lot of insight and advice that can be useful for anyone out there, uh, no matter occupation, age, any other yeah. sort of variable. Um, so again, Johnny right is the host of. The art of charm, uh, they, like he was talking about, have a theme each month. And so, with the first of April coming around, it'd be a great time to start in the new theme, which, what is that going to be again, Johnny? We just got done with happiness, relationships.
1: Um, hold on, I, I have it. Navigating relationships, that's what okay. we're
0: at. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Navigating relationships, uh, that's going to be, so work, platonic, and romantic, and that's going to be, for April. And then I believe May is going to be dating. We haven't even started those yet, but I think we should mm-hmm. start those when I get back in town. So that's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, and yeah.
0: then I believe, do you have AJ coming on the show as well? I do actually. Yeah. Uh, we're going to record a podcast this afternoon. So we'll get a little taste of both of oh, cool. the two different dynamics on the show. So yeah, I'm very excited.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm excited for people to, to get a glimpse of both of us separate from each other because i i think everyone's like when we're on the show i don't think people can tell how different we are but mm-hmm. maybe that's just uh maybe that's just me maybe everyone can actually hear that we actually are mm-hmm. he is a great interview as well mm-hmm. and we have a lot of fun so
0: the contrast definitely is one of the big things that makes it i think you both offer a lot of different perspectives but at the same time i think anyone could admire how much you both respect and admire each other so
1: Well, that's, that's wonderful to hear. Thank you very much. I'm glad that comes through.
0: All right. So thank you, Johnny. And, um, that is the what's your story podcast today. Uh, tune in next time. This has been the what's your story podcast for Monday, April 1st. If you like the show, please subscribe, uh, share with family and friends and leave me a review. I really appreciate any and all feedback. Thanks.